sees it, feels it, draws inside the 10, down to the 5. the Harvard sideline, he's across the 30 to the 40. He's able to fend off the defender and bring in the game's first touchdown. Yeah, so what is that podcast called? It's called like Momentum. I want to hear about we that, get, though. Yeah. I need, I need to know about that. Wild night in the Cotswolds. You were in the Cotswolds? I was in the Cotswolds. Hey, Dad, are we rolling, then? Yeah, I we're suppose on. we can. Okay, yeah. what were you doing in the Cotswolds? Wandering. No. Okay, the Cotswolds is where it's where all like, the rich people live. It's the in Shire, bro. It's the Shire. Have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? No, I haven't. You've not Wait, seen Lord the of the Rings? It's the what? The Shire. You know from Lord the of the Rings? He says Shire. Shire. Yeah, the Shire. Shire. Yeah. So what is it? The I've Shire. never seen it. It's where all the rich people live, basically. It's like the country. Everyone lives in the Cotswolds. Like, everyone has horses. It's a summer house. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys would go to like Lake Tahoe or something here. Okay. Yeah. In England, you- yeah. Going in two weeks. There you go. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you do your camps out there, right? I do one, yeah. yeah. So you did, you did a, a camp in London. I did, yeah. NFL put on, um, I don't know what it was called, but- Willie McGinnis. There you go, Trojan. There you go. Hey, dude, I got this thing. So it was years ago. And, uh, yeah, went out to London, ran a camp um, at, uh, I got to think of it. Stadium-wise? It was a university. Was it a university? Gosh, I got a hat from there, It would have been Loughborough, I would have thought. No, I would know it if I, big old building with the old church. That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. King's College, Royal Holloway. Royal Holloway. Royal Holloway. Yes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. They're green and purple. Yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah, the yeah, bears yeah. or something. Royal Holloway. Yeah. Because all these all these, these uh, English kids were like, dude, can I get that shirt? Like, what are you going to do with those shorts? And like, like, I needed more NFL gear. And I go, I'll trade you for that hat. Oh, and I got dope, a yeah. dope Royal. I got a kind of my, my closet looks like a lids. And uh, I got this Royal dope Holloway Royal Holloway hat. Yeah. Little yeah. snapback. Yeah. Are there any good? Are they better than Durham? No. Durham were the best team in the country when I was playing. So, there. yeah, they won the national yeah. championship out there. And then he came out to Vandy. That's where I met him. Yeah, that and was then the whole thing. when I came out here, I was like, hey, why don't you yeah, come why out you to, pull up to USC? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, then I ended up here. Crazy journey. So and now we're here. Did we start? Yeah. Oh, we're on? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess we're, we're, we're on. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's uh, that's Jordan, true. thank you for coming on, brother. Yeah. We've been trying to make it happen for a minute. Yeah. And I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. No, you were you were throwing Drake's Pro Day the other day, which is pretty cool. Took my spot if I was healthy, you know. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. Threw them this morning. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. How was that? It was good. Him and uh, Des Ritter, and uh, they're rolling, man. They're off to a hot start. In yeah, Atlanta. I've se- they've re- I've seen a lot of news about them too, and apparently, really? Des Ritter is going to be nice. Wow. Yeah, the head coach came out and made a comment, and they just don't usually say stuff like this. But like, this guy is miles ahead of any rookie I've been around, or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where he's just. The way he's picking it up, the way he sees it and understands it. Uh, I've been working with Des. I've been around him for two years now. The the maturity, and I talk about this a lot. Like when I'm evaluating a quarterback, high school, lead eleven, college, draft prep, NFL guy. Um, my eye before anything physical goes to two things. It goes to confidence and maturity. And so, so put this in your perspective, Mo. Right? Like yeah. you've been around a lot of quarterbacks, right? A lot of terrible ones. You're around a great one right now. Maybe one of the best I've ever seen at that age. And Caleb, coming out of Elite Eleven, I think he might be the best I've seen. I've been a part of Elite Eleven for 25 years. Um, is comes down to confidence and maturity. So confidence is like really two parts of it. It's you know, is it reactionary confidence where it's like dependent on the environment? Like everybody says I'm the man. I believe him. Everybody says I'm a bum. I wonder if they're right. And then, or is it self-generated confidence, which is like, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. This is what I believe about myself. A dog. Yeah. Right? Dog is another way to do it, right? 
And then on the maturity side, it's not tucking in your shirt, being on time, saying yes, sir, having great manners. That's etiquette. Maturity is, can I put you in a brand new situation that you've never been in before? And you really don't even have any preparation for it, but you like always handle it correctly. You're poised, you make great decisions. You know what I mean? You're present. Um, confidence leads into that too, but like those, those two things. And so the first time I was around Dez, he had stuff to work on like anybody does in college, but I was like two for two, boom. Yeah. So I'm in, how can I help? And, uh, and so, you know, his junior year went nuts, senior year went how it went last year, which is awesome. Um, now he's got a chip on his shoulder cause he's, he's in the best spot possible in Atlanta, but he was taken to the third round, right? That'll, if yeah, you think you're a first round yeah. pick, chip yeah. on your shoulder, yeah. right? Can it, I take Cincinnati a, to a playoff game. Yeah, that's a healthy like, thing for him, and so him, and then you put him with a guy like you know, you know Drake better than I do, probably. Dog. So yeah, yeah, Drake's a guy. And Pitts on each side. I mean, that's they're, they're receiving calls the and Russell Gage, they're receiving yeah. calls like the tallest receiving core in the league right now. From a quarterback's perspective, like six you can five. speak to that. I mean, you just throw it up. The catch rate eight is to just eleven insane. feet. Yeah, that's just sweet. That's strikes out. Red zone's about to be insane. Yeah. So how do you think that competition goes? I know Marcus got there. It's in you know, they both run like four five flat four four. Well, I mean, fast runners, like, if yeah. you look at the two of them, they're pretty similar, right? They're both like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, they're both slight. They're both really fast. Yeah. They're both super productive. They both won basically the majority of their games, games? right? I mean, Desmond's the third winningest college quarterback in college football yeah. history. Wow. I, don't I don't think know. he's lost a home game, right? Is that correct? No, he was 26-0. and 0. And then I don't know what Marcus was, but I know he didn't lose very much. Close no. to it. Right? Close to it. <laughs> And so they're pretty similar. Now, they're obviously at different stages in their journey, right? Des just became a pro 45 minutes ago. Marcus is on his third team. You know, he's been the second pick in the draft. He's He won a Heisman. Like, so not comparing what they did before, but like the physical comp, like comps are pretty similar, more similar than a lot of other QB situations, right? Where you got a tall guy, you got a short guy, you got a fast guy, you got a slow guy, you got a big arm, you got a weak arm, right? So there's a lot of unique traits that are pretty – pretty common between those two guys um you know i don't have an opinion on how the competition's gonna go i don't know we'll see yeah. but um but uh, what a great guy for desmond to be in a room with because and they only have two on the roster right now there's 32 teams in the nfl there's one team that has two quarterbacks on a roster they don't even have a third guy right now wow they want to get both these guys reps and so because they're both new and um you know i'm not going to get into who, who throws it better who does what better but um that's a good guy to learn from because one of the things about Marcus is came in, he's this dude's as humble as it gets, but came in second pick, went to Tennessee, all that. You guys were in Vandy probably at that time. Oh yeah. yeah and, um, and then went to Oakland and Vegas and got to sit behind Derek Carr. Who's a massive personality, right? Fills up the room. He'd fill up this bus. And, uh, and so to sit behind him, not be in the driver's seat, learn, watch multiple coordinators, a little bit of Gruden, a little bit of who they got now or had last year, and then, um, you know, so he's just, like, seasoned, right? He's got a lot. So for Desmond to enter into a situation where you don't have the pressure of being the first-round pick, I've worked with a lot of guys who have the pressure of having to play, whether, like, ready or not, here we come. Yeah. And uh, and so for Desmond to be able to enter into a situation as the backup, learn, like, develop, but learn from a guy who's, like, kind of similar traits. Yeah. Um, but Marcus's thing is work ethic, humility, do you have mechanics. a preferred situation when it comes to things like that? Because there's some great QBs in the league right now that have come in 
and stepped up immediately. Yeah. Like Josh Allen, who I know you work with, or Joe Burrow. And Joe, yeah. And they've come in immediately, they've gone I crazy. I wouldn't put those two guys in the same category from how they played early. <laughs> that's that's yeah. fair. It took, but they're it took great Josh, now. Josh a yeah. second. But you've yeah, got yeah. that, and then you've got some other guys that came in and sat behind great quarterbacks. For example, Patrick Mahomes yeah. comes in, sits behind a guy, and then goes crazy after having yeah. learned the system. Do you prefer one or the other? I think everybody should sit until it makes no sense to sit. Now, my context for this, let's go back before guys I trained. My brother was the Heisman Trophy winning number one pick. Big name. Did not play a snap his rookie year. He was really? the three. Because oh. in 2003, back then, the majority of the NFL's philosophy was, let's we want this quarterback to come in and run our system the way that we run. So... It, they, it was like, uh, he's not ready to play. Let's not play him until he's ready. Now it's changed. Okay, second-round picks start now. So, yeah. like, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick, they were the same year, second-round pick. You know, they, they start. Jimmy Clausen started as a second-round pick. So that happens now. But back in the day, it was, we're not going to play him until he's ready to play. Now, would my brother have played well as a rookie? I don't know. Probably really well. Yeah, I mean, John Kitna went 8-8 eight and eight and was comeback player of the year that year, and they barely missed the playoffs. So, like, Carson probably would have balled his first year in the league that he played, and he, they were the number two offense, right? So that the philosophy from a managerial standpoint has changed through time, where now, like, you see Cam Newton as the number one pick. They brought in Gus Malzahn from Auburn to implement some of the stuff that they did at Auburn doing. because we got to get this guy on the field and play him right now. Yeah. Now, in 2010, we had a lockout. There, uh, there was a, a, a collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, that people might have heard of. And so things were negotiated. One of the things that was negotiated was the rookie contract went away. So Sam Bradford's the last guy to get, yeah. like, 50 mil as a number yeah, one pick. Number one pick right? Now, like, Joe Burrow got 37. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it changed. So it became, oh, shit, we got to get these guys playing now. I can't have him having his first year in his second year. So like that, that all, all that stuff's changed. But I just, like my brother will tell you, you know, he's 49 years old, whatever he is. Like he'd looking back on it, he's like, oh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got to sit behind John Kitna. I got to learn how to do it. That was great at the time he wanted to play. But like looking back, it was a great thing. So I'd say like I'd love for every rookie to sit, even though Joe Burrow, before he tore his ACL, was on pace to break every record. Rookie, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And well, Mac Jones balled out and... Deshaun wasn't the starter until halftime of week one when they benched Nate Peterman. You know what yes. I mean? But, but like, and, and then he went ham. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I think everybody should sit unless it's so overwhelmingly obvious that they should start. Yeah. You mentioned Burrow, and I saw like a video of you talking about him, like you working with him going into his senior year before he really blew up. Yeah. And uh, like we played him that year. We actually put yeah, up. Like, Bandit, yeah, yeah. We yeah, actually yeah, put yeah. up like I think the most points. Oh, we scored. We went up that they allowed. We went up and it started. Oh, you guys just went we, nuts in the fourth quarter, or what? <laughs> no, we went up <laughs> in the first, 60. and then we yeah, then we yeah, yeah, yeah we put up like whatever. We still lost by a lot, but anyways, uh, and like then yeah, so probably the best guy I've seen in person in live action. He was very calm. Yeah, that's, I mean, he also had probably the best receiving. I mean, yeah, maturity. Throw like a two yards. So think about what I said about confidence and maturity, right? Yeah. I don't need to spend a lot of time talking about Joe Burrow's confidence, right? Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Maturity. So think about it like this. So he goes to LSU, and they're four and up. When you, what, how, what point of the season did you guys play him? Middle. Of I want to say five? yeah, week four or five. Four? All right. Five. So let's say it's week five. Okay, they're four and zero at LSU. Maybe they haven't played anybody. Fandy. 
right? And <laughs> they had to play Vandy. But um, so like like week four, they're four and zero, right? They went fifteen and zero, so they're four and zero through week four. Yeah. No one in that building's been four and zero. Coach Orgeron was not part of LSU. By the way, Coach Orgeron was the D line coach at USC when my brother played here. I've known Coach O forever. That's lit. And so um, the strength staff is new. The equip you guys are college football players. You understand yeah, that this yeah. is not about the quarterback. It's about the whole all the, everybody who's involved in it. Everyone's right? new. Everybody. Nobody had been four and Okay, you got these young guys from Louisiana. And they're feeling themselves, and agents are talking to them, and they're starting to get money on the side or whatever happens at all the schools before NIL happened. Yeah. So when they're four and nobody's been four and They're seven and No one's been seven and They're eleven and Nobody's been eleven and in that building. So if your quarterback starts feeling himself and starts acting differently and like stops throwing after practice and starts showing up 15 minutes late, right? Then that whole thing fades away. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. But if your quarterback, who's the best player on that team, and now we look back on it and we go, Ugh, was he the best player on that team? Because the other guys on that team are Went off. balling in the league. Oh, yeah. Justin Jamar Jefferson's Chase. balling. Claude Edward is a big guy. Jamar Chase. So. Just the the the, conf, the the confidence is one thing, but the the maturity is what I'm saying is like when he was 13 and 0, yeah. he was working. He was more focused. Yeah. He's sharp. He was, you know what I mean. He had some big regular season games too, as well. They had to play Alabama. I that, yeah, that like the president game. turned up to watch it. And yeah, stuff. That was a big <laughs> it's just like that's what I'm talking about when I'm it's maturity is like. Can you be 13 and 0, and then have your best game? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like. You can put, build me your list of top elite 11 quarterbacks, and my, you know, you ask me, can that guy handle that? I go, I don't know. No idea. Yeah. you got to be in that situation. And I know he'd been at Ohio State, but he'd never been in that situation before. No one in the building had, and yet he, his focus, his attention to detail, the, the demand that he had of the players around him, it got harder and narrower and more focused and more demanding. So where, yeah, they went 15-0, and they beat the brakes. He played his best ball at the end. Did you see it coming? Is there something, like, within your training with him or interaction where you said, this guy's about to be a top-five college football quarterback of all time? Yeah, I got a great story. So I run these things called QB Summits, so they're camps. Now yeah, I do yeah. a tour around the country. Yeah. But uh, I used to just do them in Orange County where I live. And, um, and so Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Kyle Allen, they did draft prep together. They're, like, best friends. Right. Every year for draft prep, I give guys a different name, like okay. the group. Yeah. So, and it, and it started with all these guys who were like, want to be, they had come to California to start buying Hurley shit. And so, like, one group <laughs> like was like, gear. one group South was like group. the Howleys, one was the Barneys. These guys are the posers. Right? Okay. So, Sam, Josh, and Kyle, they're the posers. Got a little text threads <laughs> with each one. The posers. So, these guys rented a house. It's after, I think, their rookie year, maybe after their second year. It was after their rookie year. They rent this six spot. All three of them going on it. Six spot on the beach in San Clemente, right at Trestles. Anybody who's watching this who surfs, this is next to the Nixon house, right at Uppers, right? One of the best surf spots in Southern California. And so um, I had a QB summit, and I would always bring college counselors in to be counselors yeah. you know, at, the, at the camp, and there's a bunch of kids that come. And, uh, and so one of the things I love to do when I get a bunch of – because, like, so summit, right? My thing's called QB summit. Yeah. So summit means a couple of things. It's um, it's the highest point, right? Like yeah. it's about reaching your the potential, yeah, yeah. right? Um, it's also like the logo on my hat. I didn't wear it because we're on this podcast. I was just wearing this hat. 
a meeting before this, and it's like up and down. That this is your career. Yeah, it's this right. How many schools you've been at? How what? How you ever been hurt? Yeah, <laughs> ACL, Achilles, right? So like that's what it is. Okay, but it's also a gathering of leaders. We got yeah. a NATO summit. We got marketing summits, yeah. business the other week. entrepreneurship summits, yeah. right? So I think quarterbacks are the most influential young men in our country. Wow. Middle school, high school, yeah. it's the most popular kid on campus. Got the hottest girlfriend, got a good GPA, probably going places. College, I mean, who's the biggest person on campus at USC? You get one second to answer that question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's Caleb Williams. So... They're the most influential. So what I do when I get a bunch of different age guys together, I love for the leaders in that group, the older guys, share their journey. Share the ups and the downs, but let's spend some time on the downs. Yeah. What'd you do? So we're sitting around a fire pit in the backyard of this dumb beach house. And uh, and so Blake Barnett was one of the college counselors. Yeah. KJ Costello Remember Blake. was one of the college counselors. Joe Burrow was one of the college counselors. Now, none of us even knew who he was. He was the blonde kid from LSU. Yeah. <laughs> right before senior year. And um, so everyone shares their journey, and he goes and shares his. And I just remember saying to Josh and Sam afterwards, I was like, if this guy can throw it at all and back up what he just talked about, how good they're going to be this year, yeah. this dude's next. Wow. And it wasn't cocky. It wasn't I'm going to do. It had no, I don't think he said the word I. It was, here's what we're going to do, and here's how this is going to go. And now he said, dude, I got really good players on this team you guys just don't know about, right? Like Caleb yeah. on Chase. I mean, they had more guys at the NFL Combine than anybody in college football history. Right. So, like, wow. it wasn't a one-man show. Yeah. But that moment was like, man, I was already going to watch him, but, like, all right, I'm watching LSU this year. Yeah. That's nuts. Sure enough, they went crazy. And yeah. they went nuts. Yeah. Everything they did was historic. So we were talking about uh, your brother here as well. And so he lived a few blocks away. 1013. 1013. They had like a big house with some of the guys too. They had, I just went to the bathroom in your house. It's like a little bit smaller, way more hood. Um, but <laughs> so like hundred yards. This is new though. <laughs> this is way nicer than that. This, is, this house is like 200 years old. So, but it's been refurbished. So here's the deal. So it was Carson, <laughs> Troy Polamalu, Malifo McKenzie. Shout out to Foe, who's a firefighter in Long Beach. One wow. of the big one of the best high school running backs I've ever seen. Wow. Um Lenny Vandermaid, I think, is on staff. Yeah, L V. Yeah. He's like a He was Carson Center. Really? He was Carson Center. He was I a actually baller. had no idea. Dude, he was a baller. Did you know that? I didn't know. He used to mangle people. Yeah. And then uh Charlie Landrigan went to Capo Valley High School, he was fullback, uh all time great dude. And um and so they all live and Matt Castle. So here's the deal though. Wow. So Matt Castle and Carson they both married their college sweethearts. So Carson's wife okay. was like an all-American goalie here at USC. Yeah. Castle's wife was an all-American outside hitter at USC. Okay, So they basically kind of like shared a room and like one of them would stay at the girlfriend's house. So, they, so it was yeah, a way yeah, to yeah. split the your room. room rent in half because yeah. you guys know how crazy rent is here. For sure. Wild. Right? And so that house was crazy, but it was called 1013. Um, and... Uh, the video of Carson winning the Heisman, the video of that room at 1013, yeah. which was packed, is legendary. Oh, like everyone watching Everyone's there? reaction. Because yeah, none yeah. of us thought he was going to win it. Really? Yeah, we all thought Larry Johnson was going to win it. And um, the West Coast bias. This is before Liner won yeah, yeah. and Reggie. But um, and anyway, so 1013, yeah, it was right down the street. I was a, a high school kid. I come up here, go to games. 
I get dropped off at the beginning because Carson couldn't really go out. So I get dropped off at the front of the row with my girlfriend, now wife, and we would just meander. <laughs> While you were in high school? <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's good to say. But, that's fine. Um, Why couldn't your brother go out? Uh, he was just... Just because uh, of like how big he was? Yeah, and because he would go back home and have Because he already had his girl. He was more of a child. Yeah, yeah, he just wasn't yeah. a big party guy. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've spent a lot of time around here. Yeah. That's the coolest. I couldn't imagine like me being a high school quarterback and then my older brother being Wins a Heisman, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at USC. Yeah. I mean, you're just chilling at all the college parties. Like, that's everything. That's the coolest thing ever. It was. It was just some pros and some cons. That shadow was heavy, too. That right? Because the yeah. expectations were the younger brother's going to be better. Yeah, and I knew it at an early age. My brother was born to do it. Like, my parents have stories and whatever. But, like, everything that, that a quarterback that's required of a quarterback, it all made complete sense to my brother. Mm. So, when I watch a kid and we work out and there's a kid who just spins it, right? And he may be doing everything wrong, but he spins it. A, like a term I'll use is I'll say like the ball makes sense to him. Hmm. Like it makes sense for him to spin it. You've been around guys who could just spin it. Yeah, It might look just funky. It might it. be sidearm. They might overstride, whatever, but it makes sense to him. And you got guys who are mechanically sound and it just doesn't really spin every time. Yeah. Right. And so the ball's always made sense to him and um, the leadership and the way he treated people and the work ethic and all that stuff. I don't even know. Like his effort was off the charts, but like, but I don't know if he worked harder than everybody else. Like, it just made sense to him. He was kind of born to do it, okay. right? Not me. Now, I played in the league, but, like, but I knew that at an early age that the expectations are that I'm going to be way better. And, you know, at 38, whatever, you deal with it. At 14, that was heavy. Yeah, that's tough. And this was Southern California. This yeah. is, like, there wasn't a person I ran into who didn't know who, who didn't my know brother who was. was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, to, and then he left Santa Margarita High School. I came in the next year, and the buzz, and the, and I'm sitting here like I'm trying to throw a hitch. As a freshman, everyone's You're just looking at about you. this like <laughs> before games and during games, and like how did, how did it twenty four seven? Oh, really? Sure. No, it was everywhere because it, what it was was like things like, like no way, you're Carson's little brother. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Just so, like yeah, all the time, the little things, yeah. right? And so at fourteen, I don't know what to do with that, and so I'm just like trying to process that i have no framework for it yeah i got great parents great family all that but like no idea what to do with that it's a lot and it was heavy so what's cool now is like i train a lot of nfl quarterbacks kids mm. or nfl players kids like they didn't even play quarterback you know they just yeah. send their kid um i've worked with steve clarkson's son yeah right i'm throwing this week with arch manning wow oh right so like I'm uniquely positioned to help advise somebody on what to do with that shadow because to not acknowledge the shadow is not the solution. Yeah. Right. That's like you're overweight and you eat too much and then you just convince yourself you don't eat too much. It's like, no, no, no you need to acknowledge or I drink too much. Right. You need to acknowledge the problem. Yeah. And so anybody who has a, a shadow, whether that's Mark Brunel's son, John Kitna's son, Philip Rivers' son, Drew Brees' son, Carson's got a 13-year-old who can spin it. Really? Yeah, little Fletch. I, I may be able to help him more with that shadow than his dad. Yeah. yeah. So what do you tell those kids, like Arch, you know, Fletch, all those guys? Because you've been through it. Like, is it – I know you said acknowledge it, but is there something past that in terms of, you know, like getting it out of your system? Like, is there a, a yeah. certain method to it or – so it really comes down to confidence. It goes back to what I said earlier, right? Yeah. Confidence and maturity. So confidence, just to dive a little deeper in that. So I think it's the most important trait in a quarterback. Yeah. 
right? What, what would you think on that? That statement? I, I would have agreed. I've like heard by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers said that a long time ago and it stuck with me. And I've seen guys who aren't as talented, but they're just more confident and they're better quarterbacks because of it. And so it always just stuck with me. Yeah, and it's also the reason guys don't make it too. So it, it has an inverse effect. So so I said there's, there's uh, gen- self-generated confidence and there's reactionary confidence. So reactionary confidence dependent on the environment. Self-generated. You, I believe that confidence is a muscle. Okay, I don't think it's hereditary. I don't think you like you got it from your dad. Yeah. Right. If you're super rich, so that has nothing to do with your confidence, right? So, and if you come from nothing, that doesn't make you less or more confident, right? You come from London, it doesn't make you less or more confident, right? So, it's it's like aside from your upbringing, it's aside from your genetics and your and and like hereditary stuff. So it's got to be a muscle. So if you want to get your hamstrings stronger and you put amazing things in your body and you never put anything bad in your body and you isolate that muscle group and the muscles are supported and you activate the glutes and the hamstrings and you get the tendon. Like, you can get the hamstrings stronger, but also at some point, it's not going to get any bigger, yeah. right? Because we still have physical limitations from a biomechanical standpoint yeah. or physiological standpoint. Confidence, I don't think, like, no cap, right? Like, there's no, there's no like, all right, you're as confident as you can get now. But how you build that confidence. So I'm not going to go through it, but I have a whole like presentation on how we build physical confidence, how we build mental confidence, and how we build emotional confidence. Physical, mental, emotional. I help quarterbacks become triple threats. If you're really good on the physical stuff, really good on the mental stuff, but you're a wreck emotionally, you have a ceiling. There's a certain point at which you will fail. Yeah. Or any of, if you go two for three in any of those categories, I will tell you pretty much when this is not going to go well for you. But for guys who, whether it's a shadow, whether it's just self-drive, right? There's some guys who don't have a dad who played in the league, who don't aren't related to anybody, who f- put more pressure on themselves yeah. than Drew Brees' kid ever could That's or common. Arch Manning ever could yeah. or the media ever could put on Arch. And it just doesn't matter. The expectations around Caleb right now are Heisman. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but that's a guy who has unwavering self-generated confidence. So I, I think that will have zero negative effect on him based off my experience with him. Yeah, no, he's a confident guy. We had, He was on the pod, and he was talking about that very first play he got in against uh, Texas. Texas. You know the play I'm talking about, the fourth and one? Yeah. And, I mean, whether you believe him or not, he was like, hey, I, was, I knew I was going to score on that play. And it was fourth and one. You know, you expect to get, like, maybe a yard or two. You convert, and it's a big deal. And he was kind of went came in as a spark plug and he's like no we were on our own 40 yard line and i knew i was gonna score a touchdown it's like i mean i've you know i'm in the same room as caleb so i can see his confidence and i see exactly what yeah he's and so but it has to show up in everything right it can't be like with a ball in my hand yeah right it shows up in school it shows up in conversations it shows up talking to girls it shows up like across the board and uh and usually somebody who's really confident on the field. I always say that the the way you play the game on the field directly mirrors the way you live your life off the field, right? I just haven't seen, so like, I'll give you two examples, right? Let's take Johnny Menzel and Peyton Manning, okay? So Peyton Manning, right? I'm not comparing careers here, but Peyton Manning, (laughs) we've all heard about how he prepares for games, right? There's legend about the film he watched and the way he studied all that. I've been, I'll just say, exposed to Peyton on the business side of things, he shows up to meetings. He actually went through the contract. He's met with everybody about it, his inside counsel. He's redlined the things he's not comfortable with. He has his list of questions. He sits down in the business meeting, and he it's the same shit, yeah. right? When you watch 
Johnny Manziel play football. Top three favorite college players all time for me. Oh, dog. I love him. Yeah. Love him, right? Yeah. When you watch the way he played the game, the snap gets bobbled. He runs around. He fake, jumps in the air and pump fakes and then cuts back the other way and then sees the shallow cross and chucks it across the field and it works, right? And then you see the way he lives his life off the field. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It's completely out of whack, right? There's no structure. He makes it happen. You're right, and he makes it happen. And I bet, I'll bet he ends up making a lot of money too because he'll make it happen, yeah. right? And so, but what I haven't seen is somebody live their life like Johnny off the field and play like Peyton or live their life off the field like Peyton and play like Johnny. So those two things, I'm not saying which one's better or any of that, but like I haven't seen those two. And so a lot of times when I'm evaluating a quarterback, I want to take a peek under the hood and see how they live a little bit, how they live. Speaking of Johnny, have you seen that FCF league he's doing? The fan control? Yeah. Guy who does a lot, who's helped me out with content. It runs social for them. So I've heard some some interesting stuff. Some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like they're just having fun with it. It's funny. I saw that quarterback, uh, Brian, what's his last name? The The one that played at Clemson that went to Missouri. Kelly Bryant? Kelly Kelly Bryant. I think it was him. He played in it? I think so. Uh, I think he threw a touchdown and then he smoked the blunt after on the sideline. There was a quarterback who did smoke a blunt. That caught a lot of uh, attention. I thought I was a white I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Maybe maybe sometimes the way you live off the field (laughs) ends up happening on the field, too. I don't know. No, they got some dudes. They're talking about like having Vic on there. They got T.O., Johnny. Money talks. That's an interesting, yeah. I guess it's like, because they've got all these alternate leagues, the USFL, the XFL. Yeah. Arena which, League? Yeah, most Arena, which we can get into as arena well. Arena League's on? What's that? JP right here. You, was in, you signed for the Arena League at one point? I signed with the Arena, I signed with the Arizona Rattlers. I actually never even showed up. I got signed oh. with the Bengals. I, was, I had my truck, I had my 96 F-150 packed to go to Arizona. I've been throwing, so I went around and I worked out for a couple different teams. Um... I don't even remember the names of the teams, whatever. I worked out for like four or five teams, trying to figure out do I want to keep playing, what do I want to do. And um, I went to Arizona, and they had a back-to-back-to-back, I think, at that time, MVP of the league named Saya Burley. And he was a wideout for the Rattlers, and he was a baller. And he was like, yeah, he was kind of recruiting. He's like, hey, come on out. Come out and throw with me. And um, so I went out and threw with him, and he's running these routes. He's hitting, you know, the motion at full speed, all this you know, we're on this tiny field. By the way, arena workouts were super fun. Why? Because it's just this tiny field. It's just different. Like, I love, I'm 38. I love playing catch with my friends. I play catch yeah. every day. I play ca- as much catch as anybody in the country. Damn near every day I'm playing catch. I love it. And it was just something super fun about this. And Saya gave me great advice. He's like, at this time, this is whatever year it was, He's like, hey, a few years ago, EA Sports came out with an arena AFL football game. I remember that. On yeah. PS1. I had that game, actually. Yeah, okay. I remember that. <laughs> so I had to go to a GameStop, which was a startup. And get it. And get a PS1. And then <laughs> like find the online yeah. how I could get Arena. And he goes, that's the best way to learn the game. Really? So for about <laughs> a month, I was on <laughs> PS1. And by the, at that time, it was like, you know, whatever. Xbox was out. Yeah. But I was playing arena afl 2011 or whatever and that's how i learned the game and it made a ton of sense and then the uh, i got an opportunity to go to cincinnati and playing there for four years but got an opportunity to go there um so i never actually went i was never actually arena quarterback and you were in the same quarterback room as your brother as well which is yeah like that's i think that was the first time that's ever happened i don't think it's happened happened that'll be the last time it ever happens i think so 
in a hundred years it won't happen. Yeah. That is a crazy. Now play, brothers play together, but never on the same. Never two quarterbacks. quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you just think about the odds of that. I don't think it'll ever happen again. Y'all had some uh, good teams out there too. What do you think about uh, Chad Johnson? He's the man. So one of the things about Ocho is like he. Uh, so there was like a couple of years when I was in college watching the Bengals, obviously like a hawk every you know yeah whatever throwing in the off seasons and then to be a teammate. So I kind of have him as a dude who watches TV and then teammate. And um, I don't know that Ocho in his entire life has ever taken anything serious for more than five seconds. <laughs> and five seconds might be generous. TJ Hushmanzada would probably say zero seconds is the <laughs> accurate answer. But um, but for a guy who's a diva and self-promoter and all the things that like some, some like skeptical NFL fan would call him, bro, he was an unbelievable teammate. All he wanted to do was run routes. He would run scout team. He'd be arguing with Marvin Lewis. Let me go run. Let me run the dig. JP, <laughs> let me run the dig. And like all he wanted to do was practice and he was harmless. So he used to have this board. You guys probably saw it. He had a board behind him of every DB he was going to face that year. And he would literally, he'd bring all the cameras over and he would Point. cross that name off the list. Asante Samuel off oh. the list. Darrell Rivas off the list. But it was like harmless. It was like never a problem. He was a great teammate. All he wanted to do was practice. He didn't really want to lift, and he wanted to eat McDonald's, <laughs> and he didn't like meetings. But he'd show up on game day. But he was a dog. Yeah. And, I, and the other thing I'll say is like I work with a lot of wide receivers now, and I haven't seen anything close to the ability to stop and separate like Chad. And TJ Hushmanzada is my partner on this. We coach a lot of people together. Coach Drake. Yeah. And um. And TJ is the same thing. It's like there's just nothing even close in the pipeline. I see – I go to the opening every year. There's just – like there's a ton of faster guys. There's a ton of guys who can high point it better or better after the catch. Like every year there's more guys. But to stop and start and separate, I, I just don't – I don't see anything in the pipeline, anything close to what this dude's going to do. And there's nothing in the league like that. Yeah. I think it's a generational combination of that skill because at one point he was – what. Arguably a top five receiver in the league. Sure. From year to I year mean, basis. most of the starting receivers when he was at his peak would have said he's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure, I mean, all pro. Yeah. And the personality side, I think for marketing is freaking insane. Like, especially everything he's Dude, doing. Dude, if now, he was playing today, unreal. Uh, Chad Johnson, NIL. Yeah. By the way, it's on. not Chad Johnson. It's Ocho. No, he Ocho. legally had his name changed. Yeah. He did? Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, okay. I'm While he was playing on the Bengals. You know what's great, too, is. I don't even think when he changed his name, he realized that Ocho Cinco wasn't 85 in Espanol. It's Ochenta y Cinco. Yeah, Ochenta y Cinco. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, I don't even think he... Like, he went to the trouble of having his name changed. I don't even think he knew that. One of one. You think about OBJ at his peak. <laughs> yeah. Right? The one-handed catch, the next two years that yep. followed, New York City market, the hair, the yep. smile, the playmaking, the stats, his first couple years in the league, like record setting, all that stuff, Ocho would have been more marketable. That's true. And he did all that in Cincinnati, a smaller market. If he was in from Oregon State. He's yeah. not from LSU. Yeah. He wasn't a first round pick from LSU. Nope. He was from Oregon State. Would have been nuts. LA Rams, New York, any of those. Even like Anything. any big yeah. any Crazy. big market. Yeah, if Ocho Chicago? was like opposite Cooper Cup right now, nuts. he'd be the most marketable player in the NFL. For sure. And he'd have like seventeen million followers. Yeah. Oh yeah. I see that. You know what I mean? His Twitter is hilarious too. He is like fun. He's, he's on there all 
day. Challenging dudes on FIFA. Bro, just he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. Never has. With cigars, though. But, like, oh. he's not, like, <laughs> Every day. funny when he gets drunk or, like, yeah. like goofy when he gets hot. The guy doesn't drink or smoke. Like, he's just like that. Yeah. He's just, he's just always on comedy, and he looks exactly like he looked 15 years ago. Have you been uh, following the I Am Athlete show that he's on? A little bit, yeah. Brandon Marshall's Brandon. a close friend of mine. We played together in Chicago. One of my favorite entrepreneurs. Um, so I've been following. I haven't seen every episode, but I've been following. Yeah, pa- I play with Pac-Man, too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Is he a regular on there now? Or is it he? seems like it, yeah. yeah. I think they started There's over a bunch of guys that are regular right now. Like uh, well, Shady McCoy left. now does it every. Yeah, Shady's every on there now. Shady. All the boys down yeah, in Fred, South Florida, Fred basically Taylor, yeah. down in the Broward yeah. County area, yeah. just get together and do the. Brandon process. Marshall, man, he's there's one somebody who was misunderstood through his career. Um, you know, he's he's been super outspoken about you know mental health, and he runs a foundation. I don't know if he still does, but he did for a long time called Project Three Seventy Five, and um, and had had dealt with a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Yeah. But, bro, that's one of the smartest, most creative entrepreneurs. In it. And I have some business background outside of football that I've ever been around. Mm. So whatever he's doing now is nothing like what he's going to be doing later. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've got the training facility. I know they do a lot of pro day guys. Oh, oh. Um, he moves some apparel. He moves protein. He moves athlete. all oh, sorts of stuff. Too. Oh, yeah, he's got all sorts of stuff. Killing it. Yeah, yeah. killing it. Trying to think of the name of the training uh, place they have down. House of Athletes. House of Athletes. Yeah, 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 they have some good guys. Yeah. That gym's really yeah. cool. I mean, Well, the show's interesting because they started in COVID when there was like a need for more content, which a lot of people actually blew up over that period of time. Yeah. Like TikTok, Reel, like yeah. Instagram, all that kind of stuff. I launched a, uh, a thing called Summit Digital. So I've got like almost 500 members from I don't know how many states, over 40 in five countries. I launched it right at the beginning of COVID. I do a Zoom every Sunday. Um, we got a ton of kids on this Zoom, and uh, and then I shot during COVID about a hundred pieces of content of here's how you play the game, mental, physical, or yeah. physical, mental, and emotional. So you got to go in and you got to watch the first seven videos in base camp. One unlocks the next, and then you can pick based off what you want to focus on. And um, it's been a real business. Well, a lot um, of guys. It's kind of a of, Patreon community before that was a thing. A lot of great former football players are doing that now. That didn't used to be the case. So a lot of guys like yourself are creating content in a big way. Mm-hmm. And that did not used to be a thing. Now everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's yeah. You see Draymond now after yeah. every game, which was kind of risky. Yeah, I think, yeah. when I think he's not playing lose, so well, he's got like two points. Yeah, that's a bad deal. I mean, thankfully they won for his sake. I mean, that's kind of like edging the line, right? Like right after a game, you hop on the show. After you lose in the finals and you play poorly, I mean, it's, it's, it's ballsy. I'm, yeah, it's ballsy, yeah. but it paid off. That's right? unwavering self-generated confidence. That's yeah, like, I don't give a shit what anybody true. thinks. That's a confident guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got too much money to worry about what you think. That's very true. That's a very good point. That's too many true. rings to worry about your thoughts. Yeah, I saw uh, my buddy sent me a video of Clay Thompson celebrating. Did you see that? Like he ran he over, some over someone. Woman. Yeah, I think he uh, he couldn't have slept much in the past like week or so. Like he's just off the rails. He was just chugging honey on the truck. He ran over some old woman. Then he lost the ring, like in the confetti. Oh. He's looking for it. It's like ah, going crazy. It was just funny, man. Those wow. those guys are yeah, those guys are jokes. Yeah, so we do a lot of training in Orange County, and uh, we use Stance, the sock company, their headquarters. We got yeah. a sick spot. So we got a weight room in there. Um, uh, the best physical therapist in Southern California is Modus Physical Therapy. They've got a facility in there, and then we the NBA built them a court because they're an on court partner. So it's like NBA Wood, NBA Hoops. Believe it or not, there's a difference. You know what I mean? You can't get that anywhere. So we have a world-class facility, and um, oh, yeah, that's him oh. right there. <laughs> that's a woman he ran over. 
<laughs> no way. I didn't see that. Oh, My nephew, true. shout out to Parker, is a diehard day one Golden State fan. Really? He flew up there yesterday for this. Oh, for the parade? Yeah. That's hilarious. Senior at Clemson, interning. Um at uh, at my office and uh, yeah he flew up to San Fran yesterday but um but yeah I think uh, uh so at Stance Clay rehabbed there so it was oh, a trip okay. so we'd have days where it was like Sam Darnold Josh Allen throwing bang eights to Clay and was then, it the knee or the Achilles or both yeah. I don't even remember I don't no. follow basketball so I don't even we remember. met Clay's dad when we were at a game yeah with was, our producer Daniel over here yeah we went to he Staples. introduced us well he introduced himself but not as Plays dad. dad. He yeah. just oh hey you know, my son plays basketball. Actually, you might know him. It's cool. Yeah, they're super humble, man. They don't. His dad's awesome. His brother Michael's cool too. Like so, Clay went to Santa Margarita where my brother went. Oh wow. So he's a Santa Margarita, Orange County guy. He lives in San Clemente. Sam, a lot of guys live down there. Yeah, honestly, that's a guy I'm really looking up to now. Like I'm thankful for guys like that who have gone through a similar process. As far as like, like very specifically, we have the same exact injury. Yeah. No, it went left knee, right Achilles. We have the same exact surgeon. He's like walking me through the same process. You guys have the same jump shot, same fadeaway. I know, right? It's same crazy, bird. right? It's almost <laughs> like you guys coming. finish each yeah. other's sentences. Ah. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm I'm thankful for it. Like, there's always something worse, you know. Like Alex Smith with his leg. Oh, it's, I know? think when you're going through injury, it's a reference point, right? Yeah. Like if you want to get into the game of like it could always be worse, it's like. Bro, do you know where we live? Well, yeah. It could be you know, way do you, worse. Do you know yeah, the majority yeah. of the world's in poverty? <laughs> could be yeah. way, way worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but it's helpful to have a reference point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone's like done it before. A North Star. Somebody's yeah. done this. This is how they handled it. This is how they should have done different. This is what I'm going to do different. So, yeah, I can see how that's super healthy. So, what are you trying? What's next for you? Like, you're doing all the, you're doing a lot of media stuff. You're, you've got QB Summit. You're training guys. Like, where do you see yourself? Moving forward, it's like, do you want to be involved in the league or college football? What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> You're going to be an NFL head coach, GM. Yeah. Have you thought so, about it? Oh, yeah, a lot. Um, so when I got into the league, I never thought I was going to the league. I had one offer out of high school from the only school I did not want to go to. Utah? Yeah, I ended up having a great <laughs> well, career. Why was that the only school? Whoa, Utah. Well, this team. goes back to USC. So my brother's true freshman year, they play in the Sun Bowl. Mm. They play against uh, TCU. Okay. Who was the running back? Christian. Was it LT? LT. Wow. Okay, so he breaks basically the, the college football record rushing that game. Jesus. They beat the uh, SC. It was great. Here's SC fans for you. Sorry. Everyone <laughs> was so pissed that they had let TCU play in that game because we want to play against somebody real. And then TCU beat the breaks off of SC. And I'm in that game. I'm in the senior bowl. I'm, not, I'm at that game in the, in the uh, Sun Bowl sitting up top with my parents. It was AstroTurf at the time. And... <laughs> I tell him, I look to my dad and I go, who the hell would ever go to school here? Right? <laughs> Four years later, that's my only offer. Okay, true story. Yeah. And um, ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Had an incredible career, or, or incredible time there. Had a good career. We filled that place up. It was rocking. It was, I mean, you couldn't buy a ticket for four years. It was sick. Um, and it was amazing community, great people, blue collar. To be honest with you, I grew up a rich white kid from Orange County. You move to a place that's 99% Hispanic. South Texas. Kind of right? like, it's not even South Texas. This is... The border, right? This is on the border, yeah. right? So it's like 99% Hispanic. So you're like kind of the minority for four years. That was like, I think, a healthy experience for me. Um, it growing up, becoming a man. So I, it was just, it was positive in every 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 facet. Um, but going through that kind of whole process, I was like, 
I want to, and I was, my brother was playing in the league, you know, once I got to college. So I'm watching all that. And I'm like, I want to be a GM. And then by the time I got there, I didn't think I was going to league till my senior year, really. And uh, so when I got to the league, I saw those guys time commitment and not to poo poo what anybody does, but like those guys don't see their families ever. Coaches don't see their families ever. Neither do college guys. Yeah. And so I got buddies who are coaches in the NFL who see their kids on Friday evenings. (laughs) So, and so my thing was like, all right, I don't want to do that, but I want to do something here. And so, um, I, and I want to get into coaching. Ah, shit. Same story. Okay. So my whole thing was, um, elite 11 started when I was in sixth or seventh grade. My dad read about it in a magazine, dropped me off. I filled up water bottles and shag balls and got towels. And I was like, this is awesome. At the Elite 11? Yeah. Is that the Bob Johnson days? Bob Johnson, this is, I mean, I'm in sixth grade. This is even before that. Oh, wow. Bob wasn't even at Mission yet. Oh, wow. Bob didn't take the Mission job until my sophomore year. I transferred two weeks later. He was out of coaching. So he was took a little hiatus from high school coaching. And so people don't realize Bob Johnson is the godfather of all the things that are happening in QB development. He created the Elite 11 with Andy Bark at Student Sports. He was the first guy to charge money for private lessons. that didn't exist. Small. Right? And my brother was one of his first clients, and I was a third grader sitting on my ball watching. So I've been around this my entire life. And now, when I was shagging balls at that Elite 11, Drew Brees was going into his junior year as a college counselor. So this is way back. Ben Roethlisberger was a sophomore. <laughs> right? So I've been around, and I haven't missed one since. So being around all that, it's just too much information for me to be like, I'm going to get into commercial real estate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so, but I didn't want to be GM, didn't want to be a coach. Um, I was playing for the Bears. Uh, my late, one of my best buddies, Trevor Moad, passed away last year. Amazing, one of the best performance psychologists. Created a lot of what a lot of professional athletes think and believe. Yeah, I have his book, actually. Yeah, It Takes What It Takes. Yeah. It's a great book. Read It Takes What It Takes, no matter what you're doing in life. Um, and his new book, uh, Getting to Neutral, is bomb. Oh, okay. So he actually pressed send on, like, the email to, like, verify oh, it yeah. and then passed away 48 hours later. Jeez. So wow. the book was supposed to come out. So, um, Trevor had got, taken a job with Exos, which at the time was Athletes Performance Institute, API. And it convinced me to do draft training. So I was a bear, but I was like, cool. If you guys pay me X and let me eat for free and train for free, I'll come throw with these guys. Yeah, yeah. Right. First guy I walked through the door was Blake Bortles. And when you're playing in the league, you don't watch college football cause you're like busy. And yeah. the last thing I want to do is watch football. And uh, so I had no idea who he was. Like a four F rule? I you went third, right? Third overall. Yeah, third. Yeah, yeah we thought th- we thought like 15 was as early as we were going to get called, too. It was crazy. So <laughs> I'm in the green room. I leave the Bears facility, get in a car service, go to the airport, fly to New York. I'm in the green room with his family. He goes third overall, epic night. And I'm like, dude, I'm doing this. And then it just turned into like, well, I'll coach some kids. And then, well, why don't I just run a camp? There's all these kids yeah. want to come. And then it was like, well, all the stuff I did with him, I can probably do with other people. And so it just kind of evolved. And so the way I look at it right now is um, I have a background in business. Um, if anybody's ever seen a rubber wedding ring, my buddies and I created that category. No way. Yeah. So it didn't exist before. No, I'm one of the founders of Kalo. Whoa. Oh, wow. So we sold to a private equity firm about six years ago. Okay. Um, and then we spun off and started Common Thread Collective, which today has 220 employees. It's a digital marketing agency. My high school wideout and I. Wow. Taylor Holiday started that, no funding, grew it from scratch. So I've hired over 400 people between the two businesses. We've done X, whatever, yeah. over 100 probably in sales. And, um, and so I was doing that while I was playing. 
So the season would end and I'd go to work nine to Immediately. five. Yeah. yeah. In fact, training camp for me was the only time when I did one thing. It was the only month of the year when I just did one thing. Just ball. And uh, so I had all this like different background. I wasn't great at any of it. I was just like kind of good at a lot of it. And uh, I wasn't a great player. Um, you could argue if I would have focused on football, it would have been better, but whatever. Um, and so I was just, I, I don't know. I think I'm still sorting through that. But at the same time, what I know I want to do is continue to lean into my purpose. I had a friend um, really like challenge me to lean into my purpose in life. And what he had told me was really, po- really powerful is if you can't clearly define what your purpose is in life in 25 words or less, then it's just not clear to you. Like if I said, Mo, what's your purpose in life? And it took you a minute and a half to answer. That might be the right answer, but it shouldn't take you a minute and a half. Yeah. So through a lot of process and exercises and all these different things. So my purpose in life is to use my experiences on and off the field to help entrepreneurs maximize their opportunities. So I don't really mess with any quarterbacks who I don't think are identified as entrepreneurs. Yeah. And what's happened is Gary V is a good friend of mine. These guys are friend, like they've made all, we've shark tanks made entrepreneurship about like start a company and sell it when it's like, nah, I got seventh graders who are all in on this. Like they're an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I've got all these experiences on and off the field, I'm trying to use them to help entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs maximize their opportunities. So right now, Draft training, NFL vets. I've got a couple of college clients where the school is my client. They pay the tab, and I work with the quarterback coach, strength coach, and physical therapist, implementing an, a program that those guys adhere to. Cincinnati last year is a great example of what how a quarterback can develop. Um, I consult for a couple of NFL teams. Uh, the XFL is a new project. I'm going to head up the QB development for the, all the entire of, of the XFL. Um, I do some content stuff. I speak a lot. So I'm not interested in doing one thing. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It sounds like, yeah, you're doing a lot. Doing of a lot. Sure I'm yeah. not going to be a GM or a coach. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm in a, you know, I, I drop my kids off at school every day. I pick them up every day. You know, they're at the field today. They got Desmond throwing to Drake. Got my three-year-old, you know, <laughs> Just chilling. shagging yeah. balls. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what I do. That's kind of me. Like when someone asked me what I want to do after ball, it's kind of some iteration of the same answer. I'm interested in so many things. It's hard to find one. Yeah. Avenue, Which is you know why you got to lean into your purpose. Right. And so that's afterwards, I'll yeah. give you a couple exercises and, uh, and, and how you can identify that. Because when you, when you lean into that, I just feel like anybody who's living in their purpose, right. You look at this like hallway, like picture yourself in a, in like a hotel that's like long hallway. Yeah. Right. Ton of doors. Right. Your key, if you check in a hotel room, it only works on your door. Right. I feel like, you know, if you're like the son of like rich people, then like you're going to get access to more things. Well, so for this analogy, like you might, your key might work on other doors. In my experience, when you are really living in your purpose, you either have a key to every door or somebody, it's going to end up revealing itself. Like it's going to end up opening. You know what I mean? Yeah kind of like somebody's watching i guarantee these people watching this going like what the hell is this guy talking about in my experience that's been the case yeah. and I, so what I, a lot of what i do on the emotional side of things is help quarterbacks to buy into that but i can guarantee any quarterback their purpose in life is not to throw touchdowns yeah i can relate to what you're saying like i don't know if you know about second spoon the nonprofit i run but actually out of this truck uh, we distribute food on Skid Row and we collect and partner with universities, dining halls, grocery stores, and we take all the surpluses and that's what we distribute out there. Amazing. I didn't and know so, that. So, yeah, so we're actually, we've got several trucks. We're out here in LA, Miami, Nashville, Nashville. and it's all like a student athlete run thing. Uh-huh. I started it after junior college. Um, and then like you just talking kind of had me thinking like, I want to use my 
platform to help others. Like that's that's kind of just that's where I find meaning. It's and, the only and that's thing that's worth I, anything for sure, absolutely. But like you were saying with the hallway and the doors, like that's one door, but there's so many others. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess it's it's one of those things where you start one and then you kind of figure out what you want to do. One door that. opens two. Yeah. 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 Exactly. One door opens two, but at least you start and, and you do because I know so many people who are like, yeah, like. I want to start a nonprofit. I want to start a foundation. I want to help. I said, do too it. Too many start. young people plan too much. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm all about just executing. Just go. And, just and go. Going. Start it. Yeah. Do it. We had no money. We just we invited a bunch of people to my parents' house. We held the fundraiser. Uh, we ended up making like twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and that's how we started. Amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. I had no funding, no experience in this. There's there's freaking internet and YouTube. You totally. Know? Yeah. <laughs> the amount of people who told me. Why the hell would I wear a rubber ring? Yeah. Early on. And then like How did that idea come? Fifteen months later, LeBron and Steph are wearing it in games. Wow. Every game. You know what I mean? And Romo. So it was just like eh, it's the same thing, right? So many quarterbacks like Josh Allen, right? Sent out fourteen hundred emails to every college and two got back to him yep. and said no thing. Like Yeah, that was me and Juco. I remember that. Right? I remember that was, that was yeah. both of us. Yeah. yeah. This guy's the number one player on the planet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so. Josh Allen? I think so. Whoa, hot Whoa. take. Hot take. Whoa. Because <laughs> I did see a video. You said he's the most athletic guy at the position. He's the most Josh talented Allen. player to ever play the position. Whoa. Okay, name Ooh. the other. Name Cam who, Newton. Josh Allen is Cam the most Newton. talented quarterback okay. to ever play. He's faster than Cam Newton. Is he? Oh, yeah. And he can throw layers and touches in a way that Cam never could. I love Cam. Okay. And his ability to process and the sophistication of the system that they run, it's not close. We're talking about physical talent and attributes. For sure. I think he throws – got to throw three balls in football, right? Drive, layer, touch. He's better in all three of those. You can't even compare velocity. He's a better thrower of the ball, but runner is – You think he'll go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game when he's done with his career? It's hard to say like how the next 15 years are going to go. But the but, talent is there to be able to do that for Josh Allen, you think? Yeah, I think he's ahead of Cam in every run, rushing statistic so far. Lamar? Okay, but then... Can Lamar throw but the then, way Josh But Allen then look throw. at the way that Lamar throws the ball. No, for sure. But Lamar's right. a better runner. Lamar's the best runner ever. But yeah. I'm saying, so the whole picture here, Yeah, you cannot compare Lamar Jack. Any NFL starting quarterback, if you want to compare those two guys from a throwing perspective, you're going to lose that one. Yeah. Right? True. He's also got 40 pounds on Lamar. That's very yeah, Josh true. Allen's a yeah, big Josh guy. is a big guy. When he came out in the league, he's a lot of people were su- a lot of people yeah. surprised at how much Lamar's he was running the ball. Two ten. Yeah. Okay. So we keep going. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Mahomes, but honestly, Mahomes isn't. Mahomes doesn't run anything like isn't Josh. Isn't very fast. So next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got any money? Joe Burrow. No athleticism. No. no. Physical talent. Like physical. Throw, like move, vert- stop, start, every throw, drive, layer, touch, layering a shallow cross over a. Man defender. You don't think Justin Herbert has a shot to be anything like He's that? He's pretty close, right? Yeah. But no. Fair enough. <laughs> Man, I got nothing. Josh is a runner. Josh is a runner. When he, he came into the league, everyone was so surprised at how much he was running the ball. He ran 4-8 at the teams. combine. I'm just saying, like, he runs the ball between tackles. Like, he'll he'll set up his block and cut back. Like, yeah. a lot of guys, Blake Bortles, he ran 4-9 at the combine. Yeah. His first two years in the NFL, he led all quarterbacks in rushing. People don't realize that. Cam Newton was at his peak at that time, mm. right? Because he knew when to run. And he knew it's man coverage if I pump fake and cut back and get 14. No, no. Right? And, like, I've trained Deshaun since he was in high school. I was going to say Deshaun. No? From a throwing standpoint, no. Huh. From a running standpoint, no. Really? 
Josh is faster than Deshaun. It's not about speed. You're saying just agility, just straight up ability Probably. to run, and like Josh doesn't lose yardage. He doesn't. You know what I mean? Like he separates, yeah. he pulls away, he stiff arms, he hurdles, he also jumps over people. Yeah. Is he the so best? I don't want to sit here and like like. Is he the best I mean? thrower of the ball of all the younger guys that you've coached? Um, yeah, I think he throws it better than anybody in the league right now. I think if you got the top 10 quarterbacks and they're being honest, they'd probably agree. So what's your top five right now in the NFL? Nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Not a good move. Yeah, that's fair. Handful yeah, of guys. You, yeah, you would, train a lot of yeah, us. So I'm just top, saying physical yeah. talent. Josh Allen? Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm saying it because like, I just think the data supports it, not because, trust yeah, me, guys, when think, he yeah, starts yeah. playing, you'll yeah. see. I just... So I made a comment in a Sports Illustrated article that he's the most talented player to play, and people went nuts because it was like four years ago, and people were commenting on it. And this guy knew he's talking about. And he's and done I just very well. Don't hear a lot anymore about yeah, that. Yeah, he's gone off. He's done very, very well. That game against the Chiefs was absurd. That was probably top three football game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was a good well, game. He might win well, two it weeks if he gets that, the coin toss right. Fifty on New England. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, Belichick he's couldn't end that game fast enough. Yeah. So I'm. Just, I think right now he's. He's playing like the best player on the planet. I agree. So, and maybe he's not this year. Maybe he's the third best. Maybe he's the fourth best. But, he's, but he ain't going to be the He's tenth. in the conversation, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's the odds favorite for MVP. And they're the odds favorite for Super Bowl. So it's like, I don't know. Vegas team. thinks that too. Yeah. Someone's right. I think they'll win a Super Bowl with adding Von Miller. They will eventually win a Super Bowl with him. Yeah. They yeah. got the whole South Florida running back squad. What do they got? They've got everyone from South Florida, bro. It's like Devin Singletary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alvin Cook's younger brother. Yeah, James. Uh, James. James Cook. Yeah, I know James from uh, Duke Columbia. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, OG from out here. Yeah. Our corner. <laughs> everyone yeah, from, got a everyone squad. from Davie, Florida. Yeah. Buffalo will be fun to watch this year, for sure. Yeah. They start off week one, Thursday night football at the Rams. Whoa. Start the season off. Ooh. It's a good big one. It'll be there. I'll be there. Damn, I want to go to that. Cheering on the side. Yeah, hey, that's a big game. All right. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. We good? Appreciate you coming by, man. I know you got to be up early. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. And, dude, congrats, man. This is awesome. I, I just you. think too many people talk about what they want to do. Yeah. It's just so easy to talk and plot and plan and scheme and whatever. And do so it. just go and do. That's what you're doing, Mo. Like, you're just doing it. Just go and do it and see what happens when it sets. I mean, I just think that's the best way to do it. You want to talk, start a business? Start it. Yeah. Go. And then when it's not doing well. Pivot. Pivot. Yeah. That's it. So, congrats, dude. Thank you. Have you considered doing a podcast? Um, I'm in talks right now with with a company. Yeah. Right now. Okay. I think you'd be yeah. great. Yeah, I'd, I'd, li- I'd listen yeah. to it. It's yeah. gonna be a little twist on a podcast, though. So, okay, be more Pat McAfee than podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like an analyst role, like you're. Nah. He can't tell us that <laughs> much. He'd have <laughs> we'll to kill see. us. We'll talk about it after. We'll see negotiations right <laughs> okay, now. Okay. The see. next Pat McAfee. Something like that's, that. I mean, that's a hundred million dollar man right there. Yeah, no, that's a, big, a huge, big deal. He's changing yeah. the game. Yep. So hundred percent. He big flipped deal. the whole thing upside down. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. So. Cool. That was a blast. Oh yeah, yeah. Socials. Where can everyone reach you? Um, yeah, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Jordan Palmer. Uh, I do a lot of content. I work with these guys. Grit Player Services. They kill it. Um, shout out to Jake Miller. But um, I didn't know what TikTok was. I started working with. Uh, Gary V and his team, he said, trust me, go on TikTok. I didn't know what TikTok was. And um, and it grew really quick. Went to 200,000 real quick. Wow. And um, and uh, so just re- just sitting down. I, I, in my office down in Orange County, I've got a full swing, full swing golf simulator, which doubles as essentially a green screen and a set studio. That's sick. So last season I shot at 
Josh Allen and Kyle Allen unrelated their houses because they were empty during the season. So yeah. I'd go over there and shoot in their living rooms because I had it was a quiet place. Then I got a studio slash office and um, and so we got some really cool stuff coming this season. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be tuning in. That's big. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yeah.